Our scripture lesson for this morning comes from the first letter of John in the New Testament, beginning at the, at the first chapter in the first verse. Hear the word of God. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have no fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your truth, your hope, your faith, and your love. Come among us, Holy Spirit, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Right on the heels of a joyful Easter Sunday, this past week was a hard week in our church community. This past week we sent you word of three deaths, an inspiration to so many. Sue Volts finally ended an epic battle with cancer. Fiercely independent and always so joyful, Jodell Crossett went on to the church triumphant at the end of a full life. And Sarah Aldrich, in the most affectionate use of the term, our church mouse, here just about every time the doors were open, Sarah died unexpectedly when her heart gave out during the time of her daily walk. Faithful women, all three, they went on to meet their Savior 
lovers of Knox Church, all three, they seemed to wait for Easter so they could hear the good news of the resurrection and then they followed Jesus right up to heaven. We love them and we are sad. I know Knox is a big church, and many of you may not have known Jodell or Sarah or Sue personally. But occasionally, I think it is important to tell stories about an individual church member when those stories can remind us of who we are as a church and who God is calling us to be. Sarah Aldrich's relationship with Knox was beautiful. She loved this place. She played bells and sang in the choir and served as the music librarian. She was a deacon. She served on the nominating committee and on the adult faith formation committee and was part of the monthly book group. Sarah was a constant fixture in the church office in daytime and in evening, chatting with friends, telling stories, trading books. I'm sure I'm forgetting other things. Sarah loved this place, and she left her mark upon it in countless ways. As a member of the Knox Choir wrote so beautifully in an email this week, if there ever existed a person immediately welcomed into the Choir of Angels without audition, it is our dear, hard-working, cat-ear-wearing, announcement-making, smiling, loving, sometimes sad, quirky Sarah. God love her and give her peace. It is so hard to imagine Knox without her. Not only did Sarah love the church, but the church loved her. When the news of her unexpected death arrived this week, emails and phone calls like the one I just read instantly began to fly, telling stories about Sarah. Sarah lived alone. She had a small family, none of whom were local. Members of Knox were her local family. When I opened her address book this week in order to call her family, it was full of your names. Knox helped Sarah navigate her health care. Our members, and especially our youth, took turns feeding her cat when she was away. When the pandemic arrived, a member of our staff texted with her every day to be sure she was okay. Sarah was not a power player who sought great influence in the congregation. She was not a major donor who led capital campaigns. She was a child of God. She gave of herself to her church, and her church gave back. And when people suggest that big, old, traditional churches are cold or irrelevant or too institutional to care about people, well, they must not be talking about Knox. I'm saying all of this because I think from time to time people appreciate a reminder that the church is not a social club. We are not here just in case you're bored on Sunday morning. We're not assigning value to our members based on how much they can pledge. When we tell you that we are praying for you, when we ask you how we can help, we mean it. 
We're a community, and by saying that, I mean we are not a perfect community. Sometimes we are not aware of all that you are facing in your life. Sometimes we fail to care for you in all the ways that we should. Because we are a community, when that happens, we are deeply regretful. Because it's not a social club. It's a community. We are the body of Christ. And we are here for a reason. In the book of 1 John, where our scripture lesson comes from this morning, members of the early church describe the church in this way. God is light, and there is no darkness in God at all. If we live in the light in the same way as God is the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of everything we have done wrong. This is who the church is called to be, a place of encouragement, a place that nurtures relationship with God, a place where rich friendships flow from that relationship one has with God, a place that practices forgiveness and helps people to find renewal and to begin again. In a world where there is so much darkness, so much strife, so much division, we are called to a different kind of life. We worship our creator who is the light of the world. We are received and loved by God no matter where we have been or what we have done. We are invited to be honest about the ways in which we have failed and we can be forgiven and made new so that we need not remain stuck in the past. God takes away the darkness, for God is light. And this message is for all of us. Has the darkness overwhelmed you? Do you wonder if God has forgotten you, or do you think it is impossible that God still loves you? God loves you very much. God loves you very much. God is not done with you. The regrets and mistakes that may have separated you from your creator, the fear that God might be as cruel and judgmental as people that you see in the world, that is not the story we tell here. Here we tell a different story. The good news we share in this place is that you need not be stuck in that darkness any longer, for God is light. That is the witness of the church. But the reality is that we live in a culture that obscures that witness. We are overwhelmed by materialism, divisiveness, and selfish individualism. And the Christian witness is getting lost. You have heard me speak on a number of occasions about the steep declines our culture is seeing around church involvement, especially among younger people, and especially among traditional churches like this one. 
Knox often defies that reality, but the fact is that many people beyond these walls probably do assume that we are cold or irrelevant or too institutional to care about people. COVID has made our connections to one another even more tenuous than before. We have no way of knowing as we continue to open up how many of our members might not have participated in online worship for many months and may not be planning to come back. And countless are the people who have never crossed our threshold, members of our community, our neighborhood beyond these walls, who are completing the darkest year of their lives and need now more than ever to be welcomed into God's arms by the gift of a loving community. So, Today, today as we ordain and install a new class of elders and deacons, I must share with all of you, but especially with our new leaders being ordained today, the call that is before you is real, and the need for your faithful service has never been greater. We must reconnect with the people we have lost. We must reach out to our community in service, friendship, and kindness. We must do that as we never have before. And we must seek out and restore to community the countless people who are lost in the darkness that has been this past year. And the good news is this. You have a joyful story to tell. You have a joyful story to tell of a God who longs to be in a relationship with all of us and a church that knows how to love people. We must take up this challenge. Elders and deacons and all of you who are part of this community, God is calling you to this holy task. I know it has been a difficult week for many of you. Allow me to share with you for a moment how I tend to think about difficult weeks in the life of the church. In order to survive in ministry, one must develop a certain amount of stamina for sadness. And not only stamina for sadness, but an ability to find meaning and purpose in it. I will admit to you that while I love church for the majestic music and the joyful family activities and the intellectual rigor of questions about God, it is really during the weeks of hardship and suffering. When we surround one another with God's love, it is during those weeks that I know why I am in ministry. This is a community. We are blessed by God in good times and in hard times. And so as you come to ordination today, as you enter into this part of your ministry, those of you being ordained in this service or those who are bearing witness to it, know this. You are in church because you are called to be part of the saving, renewing, and upbuilding of the body of Christ for the salvation of the world. Nothing less. That is why we are here.
God's blessings to you all. Amen.